Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's next for the teams that were eliminated from the playoffs this weekend? Find out next on Fantasy Football Today in 5. Should you ever set foot outside of the hotel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. Welcome to FFT and 5. I'm Chris Towers here with Dan Schneier, and we're going to talk about the four teams that were eliminated from the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. And obviously the Bills, Cowboys, Jaguars, and Giants. We'll try to get to a big question for all four of them, but we'll start off with the Buffalo Bills. And, you know, this was the second best scoring offense in the NFL. This is an elite offense, but there were times this season where they struggled moving the ball. And I think that was pretty clear against the Bengals. Does this team need more weapons for Josh Allen next season? They do need more weapons for Josh Allen this season. And I think it's important to see how they go about it. I don't think they should be in the Bijan Robinson first round sweepstakes yeah. at running back. I think Cook can be that weapon. But what they really need most to me is vertical speed at the wide receiver position outside of Stefan Diggs. I don't like Gabe Davis's tape. I think he doesn't create a lot of separation. He has some big mm-hmm. splash plays here and there. But they need someone reliable to, to threaten down the field outside of just Stefan Diggs. Yeah, I mean, you saw that this season, especially, you know, Josh Allen dealing with an elbow injury. I think I wouldn't be surprised if we find out in the coming days that that was a little more serious than they they made it out to be because, you know, there was a clear distinction between how he played before that injury. I think it was against the Jets around the middle of the season and how he played afterwards. And, you know, obviously there were some struggles in the postseason. So I think this is a team that probably does need, you know, it, it wouldn't surprise me if they got someone, you know, who can make some plays out of the slot because, you know, Gabe Davis for his limitations, you know, they did play him pretty much every snap outside. So I don't know if they feel like they need to get away from him as much as it's just, they need someone who can do a little more than he does. He's a pretty limited player. Here's a big question one more for the quick Cowboys. Thing on that. One, oh, yeah, one more ahead. quick thing on that that I just want to throw in there. For a while now, we've kind of been saying, like, oh, it's it's okay. The Bills don't really have that good of an offensive line like last year and the year before. They're kind of getting around it. This year, I thought it was more evident than ever. That offensive line is really holding them back at times. So I think that's another thing they need to look into upgrading. That's fair. That's a good point. All right, what happens with Tony Pollard? He suffered a fractured left fibula on Sunday. Tough timing for a guy heading into his first paycheck as a free agent, un- unrestricted free agent this offseason. Do you think the Cowboys are going to re-sign him? Does he still get a starting gig somewhere? I think this is actually going to play into the Cowboys' ability to re-sign him. And I think ultimately, because he has to take time to rehab, because it's going to impact his free agent uh, you know, value, he will re-sign ultimately with the Cowboys. So he'll have a very similar situation to what we had this year. But I think it will even start to lean as long as he can come back healthy. They said three-month recovery toward a more... Pollard over Zeke type of look moving forward, which we kind of started to see anyway towards the stretch in the stretch run. 
Yeah, I mean, he got a thousand rushing yards right up right around the run, 1,007 on 193 carries, I believe it was. He had about 380 receiving yards as well. Wouldn't be surprised if he got to the 1,500 yard threshold if they did start to lean towards him a little more. And hey, if they wanted to cut Ezekiel Elliott, I wouldn't complain about that either. Let's move on to the Giants. And what's the next step with Daniel Jones? Do they re sign him? Do they add some weapons for him? I think both of those seem likely, but. Can he take another step forward as a fantasy option? It sounded a lot like they are going to bring him back based on Joe Shane's presser today, the general manager, and just in what he said versus on Jones versus Barkley, which still seems open-ended and potentially like they might even move on. As far mm-hmm. as weapons goes, they do need to get him a vertical receiver at this point and someone with a little bit more reliable hands than Darius Slayton, who was kind of in that role this year. So the next step for me is get him more talent at the wide receiver position and then see if he can do take the next step as a quarterback because he still needs to threaten all levels of the field, specifically outside the numbers and in that 20 plus range. And he has not consistently done that at any point yet. Yeah, I know they, you know, he took a big step forward. He only had the five interceptions. You know, he had a, a much better season than I expected him to, but it still feels like there's a lot of limitations on what they asked him to do. I don't know if that's necessarily what he can do, but they really did. I think try to, to hide both his limitations and the limitations of the receiving core. So you know, this is still fair. very much a work in progress offense, but you know, the what they got out of Daniel Jones in this offense bodes well for the coaching staff at the very least. And last question Does Trevor Lawrence take another step forward next season? He's probably, he was like QB 11, QB 13, depending on which scoring format you're using in points per game. He really had like five great games, or at least a f- great five game stretch. And then, you know, we saw ups and downs in the first round of the playoffs mostly downs uh, against the Chiefs on on Saturday. Does he take another step forward, and is he going to be worth the price you pay for him in 2023? For me, the answers are yes and yes. I'm a huge Trevor Lawrence fan because I think back to the film that I evaluated this year for the Beyond the Box Score podcast, and there were examples in every tape I watched of, oh, he lines up a perfect deep ball to Zay Jones, and it just goes right through his hands 54 Mm -hmm. yards on the field. Well, that's going to be Calvin Ridley next year. (laughs) Calvin Ridley doesn't drop those passes, and he gets open a lot more often than Zay Jones, who's not a bad player, but he's not Calvin Ridley. I also expect them to upgrade that offensive line. It's been needing upgrades for a while. And lastly, Doug Peterson is a coach who I trust. So year two in his system, I think, is only a good thing for Lawrence. So I'm going to be heavy on Lawrence in my drafts next year, and I hope that pays off. Yeah, we saw, you know, in in the mock drafts that we've done so far, he's gone between QB eight and QB 10 in the two mock drafts we've done so far. I think that's probably the right price for him. I don't want to push him ahead of Lamar Jackson and uh, probably not even Justin Fields. I think it's gonna be really interesting to see, you know, the the price between him and Kyler Murray, depending on the reports we get in the offseason. But, you know, I could see Trevor Lawrence being. QB eight is probably where I'll rank him for next season. Probably wouldn't move him that much higher, especially because we do expect Justin Fields to have better weapons of his own in Chicago. So just that rushing and to make the jump higher. Him. He's yeah. And I think to make the jump higher, Chris, he has to show more of what he showed at Clemson an ability, not an ability, a willingness to run. That's been something yeah. I thought was going to be in his fantasy profile in the pros that hasn't been there. And I know he's capable of it. Yeah, he certainly has the athleticism for it. It reminds me a little bit of Andrew Luck, where we did see a couple of seasons yeah. of Andrew Luck, where he you know, was a 500 rushing yards guy. I think Trevor Lawrence has that ability. It's whether the, you know, the Jaguars are willing to, to let him do it and whether that's he's true. willing to do it. Right. All right. That's going to do it for FFT and 5. We're going to be back tomorrow to talk about some dynasty risers and fallers towards the end of the season. We'll see you next time.
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.